Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. That's right. This train is building up ahead of steam each and every day that we are on. So what I want you to do is grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. This train is going to take you on a journey, turn some corners, and maybe pick up a few passengers along the way. So what do we have on tap for today's episode? Even I don't know that. So the best way to find out is tune in and enjoy the ride of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And we're about ready to get this train on the track. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're listening to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Are stepping outside of the box. That's right. It's my new segment, Outside the Box, where I get to actually talk to people and it's not sports related. But sometimes they may have a sports affiliation. They may have a favorite team. We may talk about that. But we talk about the person's gift or the person's talent. And this young lady, we've been friends on Facebook, Lord knows how long. And we just really connected just a matter of a few days ago. She's a very talented vocalist, very talented acoustic guitar player. So help me welcome aboard the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, Miss Santia Soul. How are you doing this evening? I am doing all right. How are you doing? I am doing peachy. Awesome. That was a that was a cool intro. I felt like I was walking into a soul club or something. I was like, hey. Hey, you I, I try to do people right. I try to make these in- see I I call myself an amateur at this, although I have like a hundred and something podcasts under my belt. I'm always wow. learning. I'm always listening to other podcasts, learning how they do how they conduct interviews. Because a lot of times my stuff is unscripted, especially when it comes to interviews. Because right. we haven't had much interaction, but what I do know is you are a musician. You play mm-hmm. acoustic guitar. You have beautiful yeah. vocals. So uh-huh. I guess some of the questions I'm going to ask you is, what caught your interest in playing the guitar? How long have you been playing? Well, I have been playing the guitar, uh, acoustic and electric, for almost 20 years. I think I, I topped it off at about 17, so it's going to be 20 here in a little bit. Um, I've always been into performance and music. I was actually a writer before I was a musician. Uh, and one day, uh, one of my friends, when I was probably about 15, 16 years old, pulled out a guitar. Uh, I went and got one at the mall and then literally dragged it around for like, seven years before I actually started playing it. Wow. And see, yeah. and, and speaking of guitars, I always grew up around instruments. We always had a piano in the house. Mm-hmm. 
it had a guitar. Mm-hmm. It was all, it was an acoustic. It was a little toy one. Uh-huh. My dad eventually got me an amp and a real one. My first love instrument ended up being a saxophone. But I did play a little guitar. I just never really learned the guitar. I played it, but I never really learned it. So how much time did how much time and effort went into actually learning your craft? Like learning your chord changes, your chord structures, because that was the one thing I didn't put the time in. I could play some mean lead because at the church I go to, still go to, we had mm-hmm. piano player, we had organ player, we had drummer. So I had to worry about playing all them chords. I just played lead. <laughs> so mm-hmm. tell me a little bit, how much time and effort goes into it? Well, when I first started, I would practice about an hour a day. And I'm self-taught. So really, I don't, I'm not a, prof- like, I don't want to say I'm not a professional because I know what I'm doing. But as far as just um, actually learning from scratch everything that you should know about the guitar i just pick it up as i go um and so i usually pick up my instrument once a day at least 15 20 minutes uh if i if somehow or another i have other things to do during the day but an hour a day really had me playing shows after i first learned how to play guitar i started playing shows about a month later just by practicing about an hour a day and where has your talents taken you to? Where where are some of the venues you played at? Oh my goodness. Uh I have played at a lot of bars here around town. Um, I played at the Marquee Theater in Winfield and I was part of a workshop that was actually helping new musicians create songs. So that was really cool. Um this last year well, not it's still this year, this last 2021 whatever is going on there. I got to play at Wave um, for my second time. The first time I was playing at a, an acoustic jam, but the Wave downtown, uh, John Barleycorns, Kirby's. I'm going to be playing an event at the White Building mm-hmm. uh, on New Year's Eve. That's going to be a full entrepreneurial mixer. Um, so there's going to be a lot of people just learning how to how to do entrepreneurship, um, talk to people who have who have learned and and we all encourage each other and get ready for the new year. So I'm really excited about that. And then next year, 2022 in May, I'm going to be playing my first festival, uh, which is like a, a outdoor festival at a camp here in Wichita. Um, and it's it's like a healers festival. So I'm really excited to do that too. But yeah, it's music is taking me all sorts of places, and it's put me in rooms that you couldn't have told me 20 years ago that I'd ever sit in. Absolutely. That's, and you, you know, we, we from the church, we, we know it to go like this. Your gifts will make room for you. Yes. So. Yeah, so that's it. And even if I get discouraged and I want to walk away from it, I always get called back. And it seems like, like that, that bit of time to sit and really think about the gift and how you got it and what you can use it for just kind of propels you into to other things. You just got to stay ready to not know what's coming around that corner. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you play acoustic and lead. Who were some of your influences on the guitar? Well, I grew up listening to, um, to Muddy Waters and Coco Taylor, but 
one of my first influences on the actual guitar was Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry, okay. I always really liked Chuck Berry. Uh, and then some of my newer influences, there's a band called Alabama Shakes, and a lady, her name is Brittany, and she just is so talented with her voice and her guitar playing. Um, it, it's just, it's it's amazing what you can do. And there's like a lot of local musicians too um, that play, play instruments. Rudy Love Jr., Dusty Grant. Yes. Um, they are they are some of my heroes because I, I these are people that like I I can see and then I know you can go see them for like five dollars ten dollars fifteen dollars mm-hmm. and they just have this big incredible spirit about them rise again that's a whole band uh, Colton Cox so I have I have a lot of heroes and a lot of them are just just regular folks that just use their gift for what they can absolutely one of the things I've been able to do is interact especially around the month of june i always say that's like my little vacation time even though it's only on mm-hmm. thursdays at the bradley fair jazz fest I had the opportunity to meet a young lady they brought to town by the name of i think it's joyce cooling she's a mm-hmm. guitarist uh but wichita has also been blessed with some local legendary guitar players so I'm going to throw some names out there and tell me what you think of them and if they've had any influence on you. Pat McJimsey. I'm I'm not quite sure who Pat is. I've heard his name, but okay. I haven't seen him. All right. How about Barry Harris? Okay. So Barry Harris, check this out. So <laughs> my auntie went to school with Barry Harris. And I actually used to live in Denver, Colorado. So I would come down during the summers around Riverfest and and whatnot, and she would have to go get things notarized. His wife was a notary, and we'd just be sitting there chilling, and I had no no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Had no idea who he was, and we would just sit around and talk about music and whatnot. And I was playing the piano at the time, and he says to me, and I was probably about 18 years old, he said, you know, if you know how to play the piano, then you can play the guitar. That was Barry. (laughs) Yeah, and I was like, I don't know if I really, I have this guitar that I'll probably be dragging around for seven years, but, I, you know, so, uh, and then he, he came to my school and I finally got to see, uh, I went to North High and I finally got to see him play at one of the blues festivals. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't know you were like a musician, musician. I just knew that you were my my auntie's friend. That was really cool. But yeah, he had a big influence. We would sit and talk about music for, for a long time. And he would he would really try to impart the importance of how it brought people together and how it could change mm-hmm. things. Um, and it took me until I was older to really understand what he was telling me. Uh, but yeah, so Barry Harris. Yeah, he, that was it. He is, he is definitely missed around here. He, oh he yeah. Actually, as a matter of fact, the last few of his years, he actually spent at our church because he would always stop by, and he would always like when my dad was the pastor. He was like, "No, he was like, Pastor, I ain't playing the clubs last night, so is it?" Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Yeah, go ahead." And our, current, <laughs> our current pastor, they're cousins, so oh, okay. he yeah he, he let them play as well too. So, and he would always harp on this one thing. He said, "Every song has three major key changes." <laughs> 
Yes. Only, yes. <laughs> I remember him saying that. Oh, only, uh, only thing is, he was a blues man, so gospel had basically it was gospel was revolving and you know evolving, shall I say? So mm-hmm. it wasn't always those three chord changes that he was accustomed to. So we, we had we had our times, we had our moments, but other than that, Barry <laughs> Harris is missed. Now I'm gonna throw oh, some, yeah. I'm gonna throw some other names at you. These are more on the national level. George Benson. Mm-hmm. George Benson, um, I have I'm not fam- I know his name, but I'm not familiar with his music. Which is like I know he's a big player, but I'm just not familiar with his music. I I give you a hint of one of his songs. Won't quit till I'm a star on Broadway. Okay, okay, I got gotcha. you. Still no, still no. How about Stanley Jordan? No. He was a very phenomenal no. guitarist. He kind of like revolutionized the guitar. He he was one of those guys that, like during the home run derby back in the days when we found out those guys were on steroids, that if mm. he was out at the mall and they were on TV, you would stop and watch, see if they hit a home run. Stanley, mm-hmm. Stanley Jordan had people like George Benson, Eddie Van Halen, some of the more accomplished guitar players stopping because he was, Doing things that didn't seem humanly possible to do on guitar. Okay. All right, and I'm writing this down because I feel like <laughs> I need to know this. All right, so, give me another one. Give me I'll give, another. I'll one. Give you another name, Norman Brown. No. Oh my God. Why don't I know anybody? Paul Jackson Jr. Not Paul Jackson Jr. either. Okay, then here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite genre of music that you like uh, to play the favorite, most? Yeah, my favorite genre of music is rock and roll. Rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So if I say Eddie Van Halen. Yep. Yep. Eddie Van Halen. We got Slash. <laughs> okay. So in the rock music industry, how have some of those individuals influenced your playing? Uh, they're free. One thing that I really, really love about rock music is it's just freedom. You just get to play and do however you want to play and do. And there's so much passion in it um, that you can it's it's like a release it almost reminds me of gospel music mm-hmm. it does cuz rock and roll has a reach to it that's beyond just where you're at it reaches out to something other than where you are to try to grab something and pull it back into you if that makes any sense mm-hmm. So that's what I really like about rock music. And who are some of your favorite rock guitars? Um, besides Eddie Van Halen and Slash, I would say for sure Jimi Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix, yes. Yeah. Yes, Jimi Hendrix for sure. Um BB King isn't really rock, but I want to say that that's it. 
because B.B. King had a lot of rock around him. John Mayer is also one of my favorite rock guitarists. And then I'm going through the list here in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so while you're going through that list in your head, let me ask this question. Where are you originally from? I'm originally from Denver, Colorado. Denver, Colorado. And how did you mm -hmm. end up in Wichita, Kansas? Well, um, I lived with my grandparents. And when I turned about 15 or so, I had an auntie um, that she was she was living by herself. Uh, and she had a little bit more time to just kind of raise a teenager, a little bit more time and patience to raise a teenager. Uh, so I kind of got shipped down here so that I could finish up my school and and then just kind of have a kind of a stable place to stay. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. So see that you are from Denver, Colorado. Now I have to ask this question. I know besides music being your first love, did the mm -hmm. sports bug hit you? Did you end up like in any sports well not not a whole lot like the denver broncos were in my face all the time everywhere i went right. when i was in denver like there there was no getting away from the broncos they're going to come and talk to you about drugs they're going to come and talk to you about careers there's a denver bronco everywhere so I have that's my team just because I grew up with the Broncos. Um, but but and I I played basketball for a while, but I never really got into basketball either. Um, but one sport that I was really into for for a short minute was hockey. Okay. And it was the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. Started off as the Grizzlies. And I went to probably 10 or 12 games while they were still the Grizzlies before they changed. And they never won a championship as the Grizzlies. But, like, the year that they changed their name to the Avalanche, they got the, the Stanley Cup. Yep. And then, like, they had this big, huge parade downtown. I was maybe 14, 15 at the time. And man, I hadn't seen anybody celebrate that hard for anything in Denver, Colorado. I bet they was partying like it was 1999, huh? Oh, it was crazy. I had to be home by 8.30, but up until then. <laughs> and, and I could tell you, the biggest star on that team at the time, and it, and it tripped me up because I'm like, no, the way we spelled it, the way it's spelled, that is Rory, but his name was actually Patrick Waugh. Mm-hmm. And he was he was the star of that Colorado Avalanche team that went over here. And I think they won multiple championships, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. I think I know two. I just know two, but they might have been I stopped watching after those that first one. But I think there was one more that I recall. Okay. Uh -huh. Well, here's what I'm going mm -hmm. to ask you, and then I'm gonna let you do what you have to do the rest of this day because I have some more to get to. But okay. one of the things I want to ask you is this since you are i'm going to say you are an accomplished musician and an, and an accomplished vocalist mm -hmm. 
Yeah. What would you say to someone that's aspiring to be in the same role that you, what would you tell them to encourage them? I would say, number one, don't quit because you're going to feel like it at some point. You're going to want to stop. So don't, don't do that. And also be bold and don't be scared to reach out to people that you're not used to. That's one of the biggest things is kind of trying to stay out of one box. Because if you reach across the aisles or down the street or up the road, you never know what it is that you're going to get into. And so many people out there have the same passion, but they'll never know because they're scared to talk to each other. So that would be my advice. All right. Well, I definitely thank you for coming on. And this, we could almost say this is almost was a short notice because we just connected basically last week over the weekend. Yep. So I thank you for taking the time out. I do feel greatly honored, humbled that you would want to ride on the big locomotive because this is known as the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. So my thing is, you have to be somebody special to trust me with your life behind the wheel of a locomotive going down the track. But oh. once again, I do thank you for being on my show. Once again, Santia Soul, talented vocalist and guitarist, and will be playing at the White Building, right? Yep, the White yep. Building on um, on New Year's Eve, so that's this Friday. Um, and the event runs from 4 to 8. But I'll be there around five. All right, then. Once again, we look forward to hearing from you. And anytime you, I have what's called an open door policy. Mm -hmm. Anytime you want to get on, just let me know. I, oh, I gotta, um, I gotta ask this question. I gotta before I go. Do you have your guitar available with you right now? I do. I have it sitting right next to me. Can you give us a few nice, sweet melodic chords? I sure can. Let me put you down here. You know, one of the songs that is my favorite to play is called Better Days. Okay. And I'll sing you the chorus. See my sunrise. See my love. Watch the world, watch it collide. This is fortune in my brain. I've been waiting every day for better days. And that song is just telling you that no matter how bad things get it's always going to get better always going to get better well all right then well that's what those of you who can make it to the white building new year's eve that's a taste of what you're going to get so get out and support santia so once again thank you for being on the a-train sports talk podcast and we will hash this out again have a blessed evening all right you too thank you A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, Santia Soul, my guest. 
very entertaining. And she will be at the White Building over there on Douglas performing. So get out and support. Look forward to having her back on here again. Like I said, that was short notice. But she brought it. She brought it. She graced us with the song. So what I'm going to do right here, I am going to go ahead and pause and take a break. And when I come back, I will have some more for you because a lot has happened in the sports world. And I want to bring you abreast as to what's going on. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Wanting to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or hit me up at a talk at gmail.com to get your ad or sponsorship ran on this podcast. Once again, a train sports talk podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. This is Tracy, host of the Moonstar Podcast, and you are listening to A-Train. Buckle up, baby, and enjoy the ride. Woo! All right, here we are again. We got my man all the way down Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, this train just picked up a couple people already. My first segment was outside the box with guitarist, vocalist, Santia So. Now, getting back into the sports scene. The guy who made his mark in Wichita went to Manhattan and left me here in Wichita. I still haven't gotten over that yet. But his fame to claim is this right here. Brother from another mother. <laughs> I'm the salt and he's the pepper. Yeah. Welcome aboard from running the table. Rick Thomas. Let me tell you something. I didn't leave you anywhere. It's 2021. You, you know, nobody gets left behind anyway. We, you know, we're connected all over the world. Right? I'd be in Thailand right now. You're still there. And I, I didn't leave you know, and, and I'm here. We didn't, I didn't leave you nowhere. How you been, man? Everything good? What are we what are we talking about tonight? We got a lot of stuff going on, man. Man, crazy, man huh? do we have a lot going on? We got bowl games going on that haven't been yeah. canceled. We ha- we have yeah. to say it like that because you never know. Uh, the OU game is up next, but it could get canceled in the in a blink of an eye. Let's hope it, not. It's like we're holding our breath. Hey, do you do you know that right now that they got in play for the college football playoff, which is 
Alabama, Cincinnati, Michigan, yeah. Georgia. That yeah. let's say, for instance, if Alabama has an outbreak between now and when they play, then that game is deemed as a forfeit, and Cincinnati moves on to play the winner of Michigan, Georgia. Yeah. Now, catch this. If something, Lord forbid, if something happens and Michigan and Georgia ends up with an outbreak, yeah. guess what? Your national champion is declared Cincinnati. You know, it, I don't know how else you could go about it. And I don't, I don't like that structure. Who does? I don't know what else you could do, though. I don't know. I mean, you know, if you're going to have last second forfeit, you know, forfeits like that, I mean, if you're going to have situations where COVID could dictate that, I, you, who are you going to find that's, that's going to be ready to play, step in and play that game tomorrow or the next right. day? Or do you, you know, I, I mean, it's, it, it sucks, but that's just the world we're in right now, unfortunately. Hopefully none of that happens. Absolutely. You know, well, you know, um, I, now when I called you, you informed me that you were watching a baseball game yeah. between Iowa State and Clemson. <laughs> No, you know what? Clemson just scored, so it's thirteen to three now. And uh, it looks like we're yeah, it's late in the third. Thirteen to three, Clemson over Iowa State. Thirteen to three, so, Clemson over Iowa State. Man, late in the third. So they're lighting look at up, this though. Iowa State just busted a thirty-yard, forty-yard return on the kickoff, so they've got position. So who knows? We'll see what happens. So we got we'll some. We we got some points being scored now. All of a sudden, because it was six to three when I called yeah. you. Yeah. So they, they were they were playing a baseball game. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm okay. I it, it, Again, in honor of, of the late, great John Madden, I'm with him on this deal. I like a good defensive football game. It doesn't bother me a bit to see low score. I know. I get it. I, You know, a lot of people, you know, people, fans love the, the – the, they like to see the touchdown passes. Uh, they like to see a lot of scoring. I, I mean, If it's a good, tight football game, I don't care if it's 10-3 or, or 37-33. You know, as long as it's a good, close game, you go either way. I don't mind a good defensive struggle. I really don't. I think it's just, I like watching that sometimes. Football's always been about field position. At the end of the day, that's what it's always been from day one. Absolutely. You know, who was it? Jimmy Johnson, when he coached the Cowboys, always said that. He said there are three phases of the game. You win two out of three, you're going to win every time. He said defense, offense, special teams. And he, goes, and he said defense to me is more – he goes, if, if they can't score on you, you're going to beat them. And he's right. I mean – Can't put no, no better. Now, yeah. you know, uh, one of the things about John Madden that he, he transcended the sport of football. I mean, well, he, John, no John Madden was football. I mean, there's no way yeah. around it. I mean, I mean, if you were to come up with a Mount Rushmore of iconic sports figures, I, I had one earlier today. John Madden was on that. Yeah. As yeah. was Tom Landry. As was well, yeah. Bear Bryant. And are sure. You, are you ready for my fourth one? How about, uh, go how ahead, about on me. Eddie Robinson? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's something to be said for Eddie Robinson. I mean, I, I don't think there's any question. That, you know, I, you know, there's you, you, when you come up with Mount Rushmore scenarios, there's always going to be it's tough to narrow it down to four. I mean, it just it's hard to do but, it. I mean, but that's my four. Always, that's my four right there, and I'm sticking with it because see, Matt with Madden. I mean, think all right. When you think of Monday Night Football, first of all, you think of the originals like uh, Don Meredith, uh, Frank Gifford, and Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell, you go make sure you go back to all those. I was going to bring up Howard Cosell. You know, but, then, but Madden really then, changed the rules. Madden 
comes in, you have Madden yeah. and Al Michaels. Mm-hmm. But then, like, when Michaels and Madden split and went their separate ways. It was it Pat Summerall, wasn't it? Pat Madden oh, and, and he, Pat it, there was also, yeah, there was also Madden, Pat Summerall. I think that yeah. was on, they was on CBS, though. Yeah. But I'm talking about when Madden was with Al Michaels and those two split. Yeah. The Monday Night Football broadcast went to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. And and, yeah. and it's and it's crazy because now when you look at different broadcasts like Fox has uh Troy Aikman and Joe Buck. Sure. Correct. Sure. Uh yeah. CBS has Romo and who who else is Romo with? Romo and somebody uh, else. I you know I can't think of right offhand. I don't but, do, do but they got it right. Is it Those networks have it right. But when you look yeah. at when you look at ESPN and their Monday night crew, and then you have to use Peyton and Eli as a gimmick, basically that's what it yeah. is. That suggests that they still haven't gotten it right. And at best, if you're on Monday Night Football, you're basically living in the shadows of either one Howard Cosell or yeah. John Madden. And it seems like they have yet to get the broadcast crew right. Yeah, it, it, it whoa. I just, oh my, you know what? This, unbelievable. This interception by, by Clemson. This ball literally ricocheted off two or three guys and, and popped up into the – this is – I've never seen anything like this. Holy – this is just unbelievable. I, I've got to see this replay. When you get a chance, later on today, you've got to Google, this is unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen – it's like a it pinball. It's going like to make ESPN's top ten. Oh, it's easily. Oh, they're they're, they're going to drop a flag. Don't disqualify this play. This was a this was unheard of. Oh my god. Anyway, sorry to interrupt, but I'm like I'm just, I couldn't believe this. But getting back to what you're saying with with Madden and, and all it, you know, think about it is okay, as you as you know, I'm sure, and, and a lot of people know. Some you know, doing those games, calling play by play is not an easy task. It's you know, anybody we all want to sit here and think that well, I can sit in the booth and I can talk, but no, it's I mean, doing it and doing it well and taking it to the level that somebody like Madden did that's that's a very difficult task. Extreme, I mean, you know, you always hear people come down on Aikman, you know, Joe Buck catches a lot of heat, and I get it. He's you know, everybody has their own flavors and their own what they would like to hear and what they like to have in an announcer, but in defense of those guys, you know, there's always it's 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 there's always going to be somebody who doesn't like what you do, no matter how you do it. John Madden didn't. I mean, not everybody loved the guy's announcing. There were people that you know couldn't stand. They go, "Oh, he's so obnoxious." He's so. But you know what? Here's what you got to give John Madden credit for. He was that guy that, and I've talked about this again and again. He was that. He was really the, the pioneer movement of the of the rock star in that booth. He was a guy that came along and was just. Yes, he was flamboyant. Yes, he threw his hands around. Yes, he made all these sounds and he talked about the turkey leg and all of that. But you know what? You couldn't help but love the guy because he really loved football. At the end of the day, that's what it was about. And you could just hear that, see that, and it came out of his pores. Right. I mean, that's that's what made John. He was a legitimate, real guy. There was no smoke screen, no fireworks, no none of that crap. He didn't need it. He's I, John Madden. You know, I, he was who he was. I feel, right? I mean, that's, that's what I think. I feel like this. I feel that John Madden, Recruited yeah. kids to play football because of this one thing. Madden. The game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. And, he, and then, then on top of that, you can even hear his voice resonating in the games. So, yeah, I mean, it just captivated. You want to hear that? Boom! Pow! I mean, I, 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 I called in on a radio show this evening. And, you know, it, it spun off the fact that 
I was listening to an overnight radio talk show last night, CBS Sports Radio, and uh, yeah. they were talking about what they remember growing up as they were watching John Madden. Yeah. Well, the one thing about John Madden, he could sell anything and make you want to go out and buy it. Case in point, I don't ever recall it. I don't ever recall having an athlete speak. <laughs> but when John Madden would get through with that <laughs> Tanactin commercial, I knew we were headed there. I knew it. I knew exactly where we were. And, yeah, and we hit that. Want to get rid of athlete's feet? Pow! Tough acting tonactin. <laughs> I mean, you could, the same passion he had coaching on a football field is the same passion he put behind a commercial. Yeah, Who else could yeah, do a commercial yeah. like that? I mean, you I mean, you got to kill on there. Hey, you want to save some money? Call the general and save some time. But it didn't have that boom, pow effect that that John Madden had. No, and, and, and the reason it worked for John Madden is because you knew it was coming for it was real. That's just, that's who he was. You know, that's how he was. That's how he coached the game. You know, what was it he always said? He said he expected what was it? He had three golden rules. I don't remember. The, I remember two of them were show up on time and then and then play your heart out when I tell you to. Those were the two. I don't remember the third. I can't remember. Oh, it was something about being organized. I don't know. But I know the two of the golden rules were like you show up on time and when I tell you to play hard, play hard. That's, I mean, right. That's you know that's straight straight up. So and that was John Madden. He was he wasn't complicated. That's what made him work. You know, you look at guys like some of the legends before him. Howard Cosell was a great one, but Cosell was great for different reasons. Cosell, you know, just had that that personality and that 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 you know kind of uh, I don't know unique take on things. John Madden, you know, had he that's just the made what made him really really work was that he wasn't complicated. He was a guy that you'd run into at a bar, have a couple of beers with, and talk about football with. That was John Madden, and yet he was so intensely knowledgeable about the game. He didn't come off that way. He for, he's forgotten more about football than ninety nine percent of us will ever know. But he never talked down to you. He didn't. He didn't. You know, he didn't treat you in that well, manner. You know, that's that's. I mean, you know, Madden was great to listen to. He really was. Well, here we go. We're going to come up with some John Madden famous sayings. Uh, <laughs> we got this coming up in the background. It says, self-prize is for losers. Be a winner. Stand for something. Always have class and be humble. That was one of the yeah. sayings right there. Yeah. 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 Well, here, here's another right here. If you can't drop the big dogs, stay on the porch. You have the class or I always used to tell my players that we are here to win. And you know yeah. what? When you don't win, you lose. <laughs> yeah. Plain and simple. Nothing complicated about that. No, no. And then, you know, and, and, and that's why I think he, he touched, uh, you know, I think what I'm looking for, he got on that. He kind of, he, he caught the vibe of, of most football fans because most of us football fans were not, you know, there's, we're, we're, you know, it's at the end of the day, it, a lot of it is just very simple rules of life. You know, it's not, you know, rocket science. And then it's not to take away from, not to say that we're not smart people. I'm just saying at the end of the day, what he's, a lot of that, what he's saying really resonates with a mm-hmm. real football. We get that. It makes sense. You here, know, here, here goes another quote. It says, well, when you're playing good football, it's good football. And if you don't have good football, yeah. then you're not really playing good football. I'm going to pull the music <laughs> bed back up, and I'm just going to read these quotes. This I, I'm actually pulling this off of YouTube right now as we're talking. 
So <laughs> I'm gonna give you these quotes as the music is playing, and we're gonna come back with some more mad moments in about mm, three minutes and four seconds. So I'm All gonna right. narrate. I'm I'm gonna try to narrate this. Probably not like John, but here we go. says don't worry about the horse being blind just load the wagon classic john matt yeah yeah the best way here we go the best way to gain more yards is advance the ball down the field from the line of scrimmage i mean it wasn't nothing complicated about these quotes just plain and simple quotes or how about this one the defense should be expecting a run or a pass here there's only two things they can expect, a run or a pass. You got one guy going boom. You got one guy going whack. And one guy not getting in the end zone. Yeah. 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 Here is a guy who can use his arms and legs at the same time. Here's another one. You can't win a game if you don't score any points. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these quotes are just basically to the point. The fewer rules the coach has, the fewer rules there are for players to break. And we need to use that saying more today because there's too many rules. And at the end of the game, the team with the most points on the board going to win. Yeah. That's just plain and simple. Yeah. <laughs> John Madden quotes. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't get any better than that. Well, you know, and John Madden also once said, and this was not, I don't know that he invented this. This is something, it's an old classic football thing that, you know, I've heard coaches say, you know, for years, but Madden would always emphasize that. He would always say, you know what, if you're good enough, you can go ahead and tell them what you're going to do and they can't stop you. <laughs> Absolutely, I, and yeah. I think I think a lot of other players actually really picked up on that. I could tell you one right now who picked up on that. Yeah, Deion Sanders when it, during his playing days. Yeah, he would literally yeah. tell you, "All right, this is how you beat me," because blah blah blah. And then just when the receiver takes in what he said, Deion done showed him something different. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and you know, speaking of, you know, I I told you earlier when we weren't recording, and so now we are recording. If, if I had a Mount Rushmore right now, yeah, it would be Tom Landry, Bear Bryant, John Madden, yeah, Eddie Robinson. Yeah, you're talking about Mount Rushmore head coaches, I assume, right? I mean, that's what you're getting at. Head coaches, um, yes. Yeah, yeah, and those those are a good four. I mean, uh, you know, and it's and you know, it's tough to narrow it down to. T- I mean, I'll tell you, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's finding four. Just narrowing it down to four, it's it's tough, man. Everybody's going to have a variation of their own Mount Rushmore. Some will agree, some won't agree. But I I can't really. Those four choices are pretty solid, I would say. I mean, and they're worthy. I mean, There's no you, question. I mean, when you stop and think about it, I mean, Tom Landry, first and foremost. Yeah. He was Dallas Cowboy football. I mean, yeah, I know they had Tex Shrem and all those guys, you know, the owners yeah. and whatnot. But it was just that look on the sideline, Tom Landry. You associated Cowboys. Yes, they had Roger Starback. They had Golden Richardson. They had Billy Jeffrey. Yeah. They had Drew Pearson, Tony Dorsett, Robert Newhouse, the, sure. the, the Doomsday defense. The list goes on. But on the sideline, yeah. 
the man yeah. with the arms folded with the hat on. Yeah. Tom yeah. Landry. The hat was just classic. And Tom, you know, likewise, with, likewise with Alabama. Yeah. With Alabama, it was Bear Bryant, the look, the hat. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Madden, it was more or less the arms flailing, the renegade yeah. teams that he had, his yeah. passion for broadcast, and how his certain catchphrases. And it wasn't really phrases, and not even so much the quotes I just read. But how about boom, pow? Or the you know, or you know, or you know, if he zigs and he zags, and you don't know whether he's going to zig or he zags, how can you stop him? <laughs> right, but. His, his little one little boom, pow. I mean, he had a way of saying it where it just caught your attention. And then when you say Eddie Robinson, he's the reason you tuned in to NBC to watch Grammy. Oh, sure. Without a doubt, without a doubt, you know. And, and you know, and, and when you think about getting back to, to Madden, we were we hit on this earlier, but the Madden bus, man. You had to the, love the bus. The bus, I mean, yes. Oh, man, you, oh, that was just I, – I remember dreaming of that when I was a kid, seeing him get off that bus. I go, man, how cool is that? You get to drive around every stadium, right? Sit in your bus, talk about football, and just go, oh, man, this would be paradise. What a life. And to, <laughs> think, the reason, and to think that the reason that he had that bus was for this yeah. very simple reason. He hated to fly. Yeah, well, did you see did – you, did you watch the documentary? On ESPN, that I, was, that I haven't had a chance to watch it. They talk about this, and you know, I, I don't know, and I didn't know this. I wasn't aware of this. That he got the idea. He didn't originally start with the bus, and he and he came up with the idea because apparently, when he was in, I want to say it was in Nashville or Memphis, doing something, one of their, he had to borrow, he had to bring a crew with him somewhere, and he needed a bus, and he, last second he couldn't find one, so he borrowed Dolly Parton's bus. Of all, <laughs> she let him <laughs> use her. No, true story. And he'd never ridden in such a big, luxurious kind of – when he got in it, he said – he said, you know, he goes – he goes, well, the second I walked into that bus, I thought, you know what? This is the way to do this. Why why mess around? You know, why not just travel stadium to stadium in a bus like this? And that's really where – I mean, that's where he got the idea. True story. Well, once again, we're on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, and we have done, a, have done another impromptu. Picked up Rick along the way, and we're talking yeah. about football and in particular – John Madden. And you know, like I said earlier, I think John Madden persuaded more kids to go out for football just by that one thing, the Madden games. Well, you know, and again, this goes back to BC. I've said this all along, man. He was the original. He was the pioneering movement. of. He was the first rock star in the booth on, on Monday Night Football. As far as like sports announcers go, he was the original. Rock, you know, who else gets a game named after him? I mean, I know have you ever known any other announcer in, in any in all of them, professional sports period that has had like a, you know, an entire game. I mean, a game that is still relevant today. Yes. How long has that been around? It's still relevant today. And, and in some instances, you can still hear his voice on those yeah. games. I mean, th- yeah. think about it. Think about it. Now, you're, you're probably not big on games, or you probably are probably not big on But not big on sports games. But here's, here's yeah. a survey. Here's a quick survey. I'm coming to you, and we're you got the Xbox 360 Plus or whatever, or the yeah. PS 1000, whatever. It is. I remember it came yeah, out. Yeah, with. yeah, yeah. I'm coming up to your apartment, and I got two games in my hand. I have Madden 2022, yeah, and I have NFL 2K. Which one yeah. are you picking first? Oh, Madden 2022 all day. My, my all day. case in point. 
You could take Never you been. you go to any kid right now that has a video game that plays football games. Yeah. And take them a Madden or a 2K. I can just about guarantee you 99.9% out of 100 times they're taking Madden over any other game. They oh, probably yeah. don't even know the history of Madden, but they're taking Madden <laughs> over any other game. Quarterback <laughs> club, uh, uh, coaches club, whatever football game there is, they're taking Madden. Well, it, 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 you know, the one thing I loved about Madden, too, when he would do his stuff, he really, not only did he have such a passion for the game, he would point out he loved the big man in the NFL. He loved his linemen. He loved those. Because the guys had never got any credit for anything. You know, the, the guys down in the trenches, he would really give them a lot of love, much, you know, deservingly so. And he would make it a point to point out, you know, see this guy, big guy, number 60, whatever. Look at him open up this hole here. And look how he does. He gets up in there and he, oh, and he moves that guy. <laughs> but, you know, those guys don't get the recognition they deserve. They haven't. Since Madden's not been there, they don't, you know, I mean, there's, there's some guys, but nobody did it like Madden did. Nobody. Yep. So there will never be another Madden. No, there won't. There won't. And I mean, it's, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, there, there'll be other great ones that come along, but you know, I mean, there's a reason John Madden's in the, in the hall of fame. I'm literally in the NFL hall of fame as an announcer. And why well, is he in as a coach or, an, or both? I think he might be in as both coach and announcer. I'm not sure. Uh, I know he's in as a coach. Uh, maybe he's okay. Maybe he's just coaching. But regardless, he's. I gotta think he's in there as an. If he's not, they, they should. They should at least acclimate him there. They should. I would think. Absolutely. So for what he's done with you know for as much uh, as much love as he's given the game and as much as you know you said it earlier he he was an ambassador in the NFL for a long time he really was. And I mean, how do you replace? Well, you can't. You're, there's not. There won't be another Madden. You know, there just won't. Just like you know, you couldn't replace Howard Cosell. But he was. You know, you couldn't replace some of the great ones. I mean, even you know, I don't know who who do you like to listen to today. You know what? I catch a lot of heat for this on on my podcast. And I, but I brought this up. You know, I, Chris Collinsworth doesn't bother me a bit. I like listening to him. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not I'm, comparing him to John Madden right. by any means. I'm not. But, the, I'm not the biggest Chris Collinsworth fan. But yeah. if I had my favorites. And maybe maybe it's time that they get it wrong on maybe Monday Night Football because, like I say, Fox they have their crew together. Uh, yeah. Uh, CBS they have it together. I guess NBC to a point, but it's that ESPN crew. Maybe it's time <laughs> that you give people like Joel Clatt and Gus Johnson a try. <laughs> but you yeah, know what? Yeah. Before we get any farther, yeah, I have some John Madden moments. Are you ready to hear these? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear it. All right. We are queuing up some John Madden moments right here. Hi, everybody. I'm Vin Scully, along with John Madden. Pat Summerall here with John Madden. And For John 30 years, John Madden was the beloved dean of football analysts. What a way to start a Super Bowl. That's what Cincinnati wants to do. As the first sportscaster to work for all four major networks, Madden built a successful career with his colorful everyman approach. Boom, you hit him. I mean, that's boom. Boom, right to the ground. Some people say, you know, they run in there and they collide or something. I mean, it gets in there, boom. That's what I say. He makes a little basketball twist there and pivot, and boom, the ball's there right again between the eight and the nine. Oh, is he happy? While later generations remember his larger-than-life broadcast persona, 
It was as the coach of the Oakland Raiders that he first grabbed the spotlight. In 1969, the 32-year-old Madden became the NFL's youngest head coach. Let's start off and stay after the whole game. In 10 seasons with the Raiders, Madden built a dominating team. He boasts one of the best regular season winning percentages of any coach with 100 victories. He won three of every four games. Well, John Madden was the Raiders. I mean, his personality, his intensity, his persona, everything about John, his appearance was ideally suited for the Raiders. These guys responded to him when possibly they couldn't have responded to anyone else, no matter how smart or gifted they'd be. We liked John. He was a, a player's coach. He let us play football. He let us have fun. And we won. We wanted to win for him. And that's really the key to coaching in the National Football League, is will the players play for you? And he always gave us a chance to do what we had to do as a team. He always stressed, whatever you guys do, just do it together and do it as one. I only had three rules. And, you know, to be on time, you know, like we're going to have a meeting or some, everyone's on time to do that. And to pay attention, you know, listen when you're speaking, because if you're going to teach, you had to listen. And then play like hell when I tell you to. Play like hell on Sunday. Despite their regular season success, a Super Bowl championship remained elusive. The Raiders played in and lost five AFC title games in seven years. We were that close, and I mean, if I felt frustrated by that, how about the guy that was that far away? You know, he was really frustrated. So I always thought, you know, we have a good team, and, and we just have to kind of get one more thing here. In 1976, it all came together for Madden and the Raiders in Super Bowl XI. Their defense pummeled the Minnesota Vikings. Their offense shattered the Super Bowl record for total yards. And the victory catapulted Madden's team to the top of the NFL. And he looks and throws, intercepted by the Oakland Raiders, Perseverance, you know, keep getting up, you get knocked down, get up, get up, get up, keep getting up. John's a big fight fan, I'm a big fight fan. You know, in a good fight, the last one up wins. With patience and faith, Madden coached his team to its greatest prize. 30 years after that achievement, he was still waiting for his ultimate recognition. For the much anticipated Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2006 announcement press conference. Someone says, do you want me to turn this off or turn it down? And I go, no, I said, I didn't make it, but let's watch it and see who did make it. John Madden. I didn't come down or, or remember anything for 24 hours. My son happened to have a camera, and he took a picture of that moment. 
and I don't remember what I look like or what happened, but I just had tingles all over me. I've never been so emotional for so long. I mean, the feeling didn't go away. We watched. Okay, what I'm going to do right here, I'm going to take a break because I have 10 seconds left. If you want to stay with me on the other side of the break and come back, and we can finish this out, and we'll talk some more about it, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. right. Anthony Smith here with A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your conductor. Just want to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener, who wants to support. So click on that support button down there. You have three options, 99 cents a month, $4.99 a month, or $9.99 a month. We'll get your ad rent on this podcast. So click the support button. Your support will be greatly appreciated. Once again, Anthony Smith with the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Welcome back to the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Can you believe Christmas is out of the way? And now... We're looking at New Year's on the way. Yeah. And Rick is so gracious to let me interrupt him watching Iowa State Clemson, and he's giving me commentary or giving us commentary. Uh, you know what? You know what? I, it's, it's, it's my uh, my uh, pleasure to be here. Because I, I, what can I ask for more? I'm sitting on my couch. I'm watching Iowa State Clemson. I get a talk on it. I get to be on the A train. Are you kidding me? I can't ask for any more. This is awesome. Man. I couldn't ask for more either because Rick is actually a legend. He no, gets to right. interview people like Bill Snyder. Yeah. In yeah, the works. Uh, yeah. But I mean, you know what? I mean, you, you've done much of the same. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm no, uh, you know, I'm no more of a legend than you are. And I think so, you know, I, I appreciate the kind words, but uh, you know, I just do what I can. I take it a day by day is what I do. That's, you know, yeah. All, all Co- can do. Yeah. Cause as I was telling you earlier, you know, I, I you know, we're going to get back into this Madden the conclusion of this yeah. Madden video. But uh, one of the things I've enjoyed about podcast is the fact that I'm beginning to be out there to get to meet people, even tap. Sure. I even going this far. Now I have a segment now it's called outside the box because now I don't want to be limited to just interviewing sports personalities which is what it's called outside the box. Sure, sure, sure. So now I can inter- I can interview people that are in entertainment. Like tonight I had a Santia Soul who's going to be performing at a place called the White Building on Douglas. Sure. Oh, rock I'm on. Pretty, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that on Douglas. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know exactly where it's at. She's yeah. going to be yeah. performing. So, you know, get to give people a little bit of limelight and, you know, get, give them a plug and let them know what's going on. So, I have people that's also in the entertainment business that says when their when their time permits they will come on. How about this though? I ran into Mac Copeland. Does the name ring a bell? Uh, it does, but I can't. I'm trying to place it. I I have former, heard that name. Former collegiate high school star, tight end at KU. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Ran sure. to him at Vassa Fitness Center yesterday, 
and yeah. he's already given his word. Yes, I'd be glad to come on. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that moment. Awesome. Also, Vince Quinn, formerly of CBS Sports. You can hear him on Bell and the Birdman podcast. Uh, also coming up, RJ Sports Brief, CBS Sports Radio. So, and these are just coming from calling people on their radio shows. Yeah. No, good for you, man. So, I, I love it. I, I, so, I, you know, like I said, I, I really appreciate the fact that you have me on. So podcasting has become a fun thing for me. So I, like, hey, this bug was put in our ears in that little small hallway leading out to that little smoker's patio at KGS Studio. <laughs> yeah. When everything well, was getting shut down, I'm like, hey, man, why don't we just start a podcasting? Yeah, you know, well, you know what, I, I've got two, I've, you know, I've had, I had my podcast on before I was there at, at uh, KGSO, and then I, you know, I've still got, I've got uh, Running the Table still up and rolling, I mean, that's going stronger than ever, I've got, uh, I've got actually two podcasts working on a third one, I've got a, one called Shh, The Mic's On, which is basically a, a pull back the curtain look at the, at the radio as an industry, which is, you know, it's been a lot of fun, and then I've got a third one I'm going to be launching on Spooky ghosts and stuff like that in the mid you know haunted areas of the midwest or haunted regional area or wherever you're at all right yeah. that's coming that's on its way that's a little bit of a teaser but um running the table has been my primary one and i'm still you know i run the table every week sometimes two or three times a week so right. it's been yeah i'll get you on i'll get matter of fact why don't you get on running the table with me this weekend we'll do it got you all right now yeah. what i want to do is i want to go ahead and conclude this john madden clip here and we'll yeah. talk some more about him because once again, okay. the sports world has lost a legend in John Madden, so we're kind of doing a little tribute to John Madden. So, once again, here is this sound clip of Gone But Not Forgotten, John Madden. With patience and faith, Madden coached his team to its greatest prize. 30 years after that achievement, he was still waiting for his ultimate recognition for the much-anticipated Pro Football Hall of Fame Class of 2006 announcement press conference. Someone says, do you want me to turn this off or turn it down? And I go, no, I said, I didn't make it, but let's watch it see who did make it. John Madden. I didn't come down or, or remember anything for 24 hours. My son happened to have a camera, and he took a picture of that moment. And I don't remember what I look like or what happened, but I just had tingles all over me. I've never been so emotional for so long. I mean, the feeling didn't go away. We watched the NFL Network, they're gonna announce it. And I said, they can't take this away, can they? I mean, they can't say we're kidding. We want it back, <laughs> you can't. You don't fly to Hawaii, you can't have it. I said, no, we can't take it away. I said, hey. <laughs> Today feels like the second time in my life that I'm being carried off the shoulders of others. This has been the sweetest ride of them all. Thank you. John Matt. Yeah, yeah, I'm telling you. There will never be another. Never. No, I mean, there won't. I mean, you know, there won't be anything like him. I, you know, it's, it is... It's it's a sad day in the world of football that we like, you know, and, and you know, John's up there in the in the, in the uh, you know, in the heavens and above and he's coaching somebody right now. <laughs> I'm just telling you. And he's talking about football somewhere up there. And he's you know, he might be calling a game right now. You know, that's that's John Styles, what he does. Right. You so, know, by the way, 
Clemson, it's 2013 now. We got a football game, Clemson-Iowa State, 2013 in the fourth. In the words, right. you know, J.R., we have a real slobber knocker there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I haven't heard that name for a minute. You know, he's a, he, somebody, I don't want to get off John Madden, but I mean, J.R., did somebody, is it AEW? He's AEW. He's side somewhere. It's not WWE. Right, it's but AEW. Say, All Elite yeah. Wrestling is where he's yeah. at right yeah. now. Good old JR, man. God bless it. But anyways, you know, he's kind of the Madden of, w, of, of professional wrestling. Good old JR is. Yeah, you know? pretty much would be, yes. You know, he got, I mean, there's no question. But yeah, John, I mean, John Madden, I got to tell you, man, you know, you know, he had a, you can't really feel for him because I, I don't mean this in a, in a, you know, I'm not trying to be cold about this, but he was 85 years old. He had a great life, man. He really did. I, I think John Madden wasn't complaining. I guarantee you. I guarantee you he wasn't. You know, I to, to live to be 85, to do all the things that he did, and to really represent the game with the love and the passion, and the feel for it he did. He could, there's who could ask for more? Seriously, right? You, you couldn't ask, couldn't ask for no more. No, uh. no, no. And and you know what? Every I'll tell you, every uh, every football fan and in, in, in you know the love or hate John Madden's announcing style doesn't matter. You still had respect for John Madden. You had to. I mean, nobody brought it like he did. Nobody. Nobody. So kind of shifting around a little bit because you're doing something. You're you're watching a bowl game that yeah. hasn't been canceled. Yeah. And the old Oklahoma Oregon game is coming up, knock on wood, yeah. barring some last well, minute cancellation. I can't it, imagine I mean they're already in the pregame. They're already getting I mean, I, I can't imagine they would cancel it at this point. I, I mean, never I mean that, those are times in which we live in. So with that being yeah. said. Can you imagine a scenario that affects the college football playoff? Yeah. You have four teams, but can you imagine a scenario where one team only has to play one game to be declared national champion? Due due to the due to the scenario with due, COVID and all of that. I mean, I hope the COVID. Or how yeah, about the fact that one team doesn't have to play no team? I pray and hope that it doesn't come to anything like that. I, you know, nobody wants to see that. And, right. you know, and, and even, far, even right. that team, even if you were on that team that were declared that way, you wouldn't want to win it that way. That's not winning it. You know, that's not, I mean, I, yeah, I, I hope it doesn't come to that. Oh, and here's, here's the final straw right here. If none of the teams are able to play, then the title will be upheld. Well, and I don't know what else they could do at that point. I, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's, it really is about, you know, health and safety. And I understand that. And I, you know, God forbid anything like that would happen. But on the same hand, I, what are your options? You don't really have any at that point. Absolutely. So do you think now, shifting around, still sticking with football, do you think the NFL is doing it right? Because I've heard a couple of sides to it to the point that we're as, if you're doing the same thing for vaccinated players as well as unvaccinated and we'll let them back in the facilities within five days, then you really don't have a COVID protocol. You know, it's it's the NFL. It's a tough one, man. It's a tough one to, for them to. I, I think they're doing the best they can. What the only issue, the only issue I have with the way the NFL has handled this is the inconsistency of it. As we get later on into the season, it really it's okay. It's frustrating to me and as a fan. I don't understand why. Okay, 
you you decide to move some of these games as they did, which made for a strange, weird kind of week last week. You had football on Tuesday and then on Thursday, all that. And and the issue that I have with that isn't the fact I understand the, the health and safety issues of all this, but why all of a sudden now are you? Whereas prior all season long, with you know, for example, when the Cowboys had to play Kansas City. And they had how many guys out? Seven to ten guys that were starters that couldn't play. The NFL didn't say, well, I think we should move this game today so that we can have. No, they just said, too bad, so sad, you got to play. I mean, put in the healthy players that you have. That's how it's going to be. And that's fine if you're going to Conspiracy theory. What's that? Conspiracy theory. Well, I'm not saying it's conspiracy. No, I'm just saying it's it, be fair. Do it. Be consistent. Don't sit there and t- don't force teams. Well, you know, Dallas wasn't the only football team that had that happen to them. Who else was uh, New Orleans? Okay, when uh, when they're not New Orleans, who am I thinking of? I'm thinking, good lord, what am I thinking? Green Bay when they played Kansas City, for example. Uh, Aaron Boone couldn't play, or Aaron Boone. What am I saying? Aaron Rodgers. Jesus, Aaron Rodgers couldn't play. Right? Well, you know, Aaron the NFL, Rodgers. The NFL didn't turn around and say, "Well, gee, I think we should wait a couple days till he." No, they said, "Too bad." Got to play. And then all of a sudden, they change. They pull a reverse on this like two, two, a week and a half ago and go, well, I guess, you know, I guess we can post call. I, I don't know. I, it, it's all I'm the NFL and their COVID mysteries. <laughs> Just be consistent. Be, I, I, I understand, like, keeping players healthy. I understand all of that. But if you're going to make the rule consistently the same for everybody. Okay, that's my issue with it. Don't uh, this whole idea of waiting like till the two, three weeks left in the season and then going, well, I guess we can postpone some games. But that's garbage. I'm sorry. Right. So so think about it now. I mean, you, you brought up Aaron Rodgers name and, you know, people are still looking at, at how they handle Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. As opposed to how the Antonio O'Brien situation. Now, granted, Antonio O'Brien lied about it. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But didn't Aaron Rodgers, to a certain point, lie? Yes. When he said, yes. I'm, I'm immunized? I'm not going to say he lied directly, but he misled, and he knowingly misled. He know he knew what he was doing when he said that stuff. It wasn't a, He knew that he could weasel his way out of that at the end of the day by saying, well, if you look at what I said, I wasn't lying. And technically, he's right, but he but he knew he was misleading. He knew he was. Come on, man. Yes. You know? <laughs> I mean, Seriously. And I, I have nothing against the guy. I'm not, I don't, you know, but it's, it's facts are facts. He misled is what he did. He and he knew exactly how it was being taken. And he he knew, you know, he's not a dummy. He knew what he was doing. Absolutely. Well, Rick, man, what kind of plans do you have for the new year? Well, you know, I mean, I, of course, being in the in the Little Apple, I'm going to have to go down to Aggieville and watch the Little Apple drop. It's kind of a traditional thing, so I'll do that. But uh, you know, it's it's I'll watch the Little Apple drop, and then I'll be home at about twelve fifteen. <laughs> That's my little be. Well, I, I tell you what you can do: reach into your bag of tricks and contacts. Yeah, and send send some interviews my way. I'd love to. I would absolutely do so. I, I would absolutely. love to get in contact with some of those coaches out there that's on that staff. I would. Yeah, uh, you know, I, yeah. I, I would even I would even really love to talk to Bruce Weber and uh, see why does he talk the way that he talks because uh, it, it's interesting that his voice sounds the way it does. You know, uh, we, we tried the two threes on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, but I was told I was do, I was told I do a better job doing this. Well, no, you, no, you know, you know, hey, here, here, here's my best one right here. Well, you know, uh, I, I don't know why come LSU didn't let me just coach that bowl game against Kansas State because. Uh, that was an injustice, but I'll just sit back on the bayou and eat on some crawfish. 
right. You know, here you should do a little, get a little John Madden going in honor of John, like you know, when New Year's Eve, you know, when you're down there in Aggieville and it's New Year's Eve. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, when, when you're down there in Aggieville and it's New Year's Eve, just boom, pow. <laughs> It's 2022. It'll happen. <laughs> right. The ball is about to drop. Boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There's only one John Madden. Uh, God bless him. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Rick, I thank you for letting me invade in your space. We'll have God, to do this again. You, you know, you're about the only person I know I can just call up on the drop of a dime. And just well, start and just start a session. Catch me about this time of night is when you got to catch me because that's about the only time I got. <laughs> well, all right so. then. Well, once again, <laughs> Rick, I, I thank you for joining me again. <laughs> Give me the applause as well too. You deserve it. And we'll have to do this again. Well, you have to let me come and sit at the table someday. All right. Yeah, that's any. You know, it's done. We'll do, we'll try to get that hooked up this weekend because I've got a couple of things I'm doing this weekend, and I'll run. We're, we're running the table pretty quickly here this weekend. I'm sure. All right, then, and I'll actually be off this Saturday, so we can actually go ahead and sit down at the table and talk some more NFL and whatever yeah. uh, topics of interest you want. Uh, matter of fact, man, next time you come back on, man, we, we're going to talk about. I'm going to drop this bug on you. Okay. Florida, we know that Florida State fans are in an uproar because of how Deion Sanders flipped the number one recruit to Jackson State University. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And my theory is this. You know, there's going to be a lot of schools coming after Deion Sanders. And the only reason I feel that they're going to be going after him because if you stop and look at the landscape of college football, how it's also being affected by the culture in which we, the culture in which we live in, whereas now you have these black athletes coming. Some will say coming to their senses, and some will say, "Well, if that's what they want to do, that's what they want to do." I mean, it's easy for people to look that way, especially if you've never been a black kid, okay? But you probably understand where I'm coming from. What their and their theory is, if I can go to this school and this school can make money off of me. I may as well go to an historically black college and university. So now my sentiment is the only reason some of these schools may go after Deion Sanders is because of the fact that they see what he's doing at Jackson State, but they also see what he's doing for the HBCU community as well, and not just bringing spotlight to himself, but bringing spotlight to others. And if they pluck him out, guess what? That kills the HBCU momentum. Yeah. So well, here's my question. If they come calling, should Dion answer the call or does he stay put at Jackson State and can build a legacy that will be parallel with that of Eddie Robinson? Uh, well, it, it'd be hard to not, you know, the, the, the temptation of being able to build that legacy would be tough to walk away from. I, my, but here, getting back to what you said a second ago, that I'm not, I want to be a little more clear on this because I'm not sure. My understanding is, okay, were you, are you saying that, that a lot of these athletes feel like they're being taken advantage of? Because I thought they, maybe I'm wrong, didn't they change that legislatively where they can be, they, that, that they, they can be compensated now? They can yeah. with, with name, image, and likeness. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to stop and think. Some of these kids still may want to go to a HBCU school because uh 
let me give you the name of some of the coaches outside of Deion Sanders now. You also have yeah. Eddie George. You have mm-hmm. Tyrone Wheatley. Now mm-hmm. you have another guy by the name of Eddie Robinson who played in the league. And yeah. We know that these schools don't have the financial resources to pay these big-time salaries for some sure. of these personalities that they have. Sure. But the fact that these coaches are willing to take the pay and impart in these players confidence, life skills, as well as the game of football, and then you have a Deion Sanders shining the light, wanting to be at the top of the Christmas tree, put the light on top and say, look, here's this kid, here's this kid. As a matter of fact, Deion even went as far as to say, that he want, first he wanted a separate combine. And he said, well, no, that's the problem. There's been too much separatism. The NFL yeah. need to expand their combine and give some of these kids here an invite. Because I'm telling you right now, there's some quarterbacks that I think can actually excel at the next level that are might that might be overlooked. But if you open up that combine, they can open some eyes. Yeah, and well, I, I've never been against. I um, mean, I, I think um, I, I think it's, it's it would be ignorant of anybody to be against um, adding, uh, you know, opening up and then saying, you know, if somebody's got skill sets, they got skill sets. Let them come try out. I, I've always been about that. I don't, I, you know, I think, um, you know, I, and I don't necessarily mean in the form of just opening up and saying, let's let anybody walk out here and try. But if, but if you know, you're talking about Division One players, you're talking even Division Two players that are showing on a weekly basis, they're displaying those skill sets. And you look at them and go, this kid is capable of playing at the next level. Why would you not want to give him a shot? You let him try out. You know, what's the worst that could happen? So you don't like what you see? Well, then, okay, fine. It cost you a few minutes. Woo. You know, you'll survive, you know? So I don't, yeah, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Right. So what I'm going to do is between now and our next podcast, whether it be on mine, whether it be on yours, I'm going to give you some homework. Jot this name down. The name is A-Q-E-E-L, last name Glass, Akil Glass, quarterback. Okay. Look at the numbers he put up. And I know the first thing people are going to say, well, he didn't play at FBS level. I don't care what level you play at. Carson Wentz didn't play at FBS level. Trey Lance yeah. didn't play at FBS level. He played at FCS level. Yeah. So look at his numbers, Akil Glass, and tell me if you okay. don't think that kid has the tools. Okay. Because that's, that's a lot of what I've been doing on my podcast is showing some light on HBCU and what's going on there because they need to, get, they need to be out there. The biggest thing, and I'm going to let you go at this, that Deion Sanders had a gripe with is ESPN, ESPN2. Yeah. Is when you have your ticker showing the scores, why come you're not showing our scores? Yeah, you know, and, and you know, how hard would it be to put that on the ticker? It's not right. going to kill them. I mean you – know? Even when they played in the Celebration Bowl down there in Atlanta, yeah, close to a packed house, attendance-wise and ratings-wise, they outshine a lot of Group of Five teams. So yeah, you, you can't ignore them much longer. But so much for me wow. getting on my soapbox and ranting and raving. We'll talk about that one of these days. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull you out your comfort zone because I know you're gonna pull me out of mine one day. Yeah, all right. right, Rick. Thanks for joining me and enjoy the rest of that game. And we will do this again this weekend, I do believe. All right. Sounds good. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Rick Thomas from Running the Table. Well, I'm going to take a break and I will be back with some more. So stay tuned. 
It is most definitely the A Train Sports Talk Podcast with your boy Anthony, and I will be right back after a word. the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, wanting to let you know that this podcast is listener-supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or hit me up at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com to get your ad or sponsorship rant on this podcast. Once again, A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're listening to the A Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. Welcome back. It is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Had a couple of passengers on board and I have enjoyed myself. I can't say if this will be my last podcast of the year or not, but I tell you what. I'm going out in a bang because I'm enjoying every single moment of it. Also looking forward to the new year. I I should keep this as a spoiler and not spill the beans, but I'm looking forward to it. I ran into, as I was telling Rick, ran into a former collegiate star and now tied in at KU, Mac Copeland. And he's already said he'd be glad to come on board on the train. Also had a talk with JR Sports Brief. It's just a matter of me sending him an email and us touching bases. That's right. JR Sports Brief from CBS Sports Radio. So, yes, you tell me if this is not the best position to be in. I'm not going to even say it's a job. It's having fun. That people of a little bit. I would say higher than where I'm at or humble enough to come down to where I'm at. And at the end of the day, I call it having fun. They're making me look good doing what I'm doing. So I can't do it without my guests, but I also can't do it without the listeners. 
Anyway, it's time to get into some more news. This is probably going to be like my longest podcast ever. I'm already working on almost an hour and a half. Probably going on two hours, but got to get to that HBCU news because there's a lot to get to. But what better way to lead in than this right here? That was the sounds of FAMU, Florida A&M University marching band. I had to do it because now I'm getting ready to go into my HBCU game day news reports. And here is what we have. Jackson State get visit from Power Five linebacker. Deion Sanders and Jackson State have had success bringing in Power Five linebackers already. Could it land another soon? Jackson State opened 2022 with a chance to show a former Power Five linebacker what it's working with. Former UCLA linebacker Miles Jackson plans on visiting Jackson State on January the 3rd. He announced via Twitter on Monday. That announcement comes a few days after JSU showed up in his top four along with three FBS programs, Georgia State, Indiana, and East Carolina. Jackson State, Jackson was a three-star recruit by 24-7 sports in the class of 2020 coming out of Mills Creek High School in Georgia. He enrolled early that spring, then suffered a season-ending knee injury in his first game. He returned in 2021 and had six tackles, one sack, and one fumble recovery in seven games before jumping into the portal in late November. Jackson State has had several former Power 5 linebackers show up via the transfer portal in Deion Sanders' short tenure as head coach. Former Missouri linebacker Aubrey Miller Jr. was a standout in both the spring and fall 2021 season. And he's coming back. James Houston came in as a graduate transfer this fall and finished second in the FCS in sacks. Last week, Sanders told Rich Eisen that he was excited about the product his program would be putting out in the field in 2022. 
he revealed that his plan is to have a recruiting class made up of 40% grad transfers, 40% transfers, and 20% high school prospects. We recruited up at every position that we needed help, that we needed, that we needed help. So I look for a better team. I look for a team that's smarter, tougher, a little faster, a lot more physical. Although we led the nation in sacks and we were the tops in FCS and defense. It looks like Miles Jackson could be a part of that lineup if things go well next week. And in keeping with the HBCU scene, and still sticking with Jackson State. Jackson State's James Houston looks take his talents to the NFL. After one phenomenal year at Jackson State, James Houston is officially looking to take his talent to the NFL draft. After one dominating season at Jackson State University, James Houston is turning his attention to the NFL. The 2021 HBCU Game Day Protector Skull FCS Defensive Player of the Year has officially declared for the NFL draft. He released his announcement via Twitter on Wednesday. A lifelong dream has always been to play in the NFL, and I am ready to make that dream become a reality. With that being said, I have decided to forego my final year of eligibility and enter the 2022 NFL draft. A Fort Lauderdale, Florida native, Houston started his career at the University of Florida. After registering as a freshman in 2017, Houston tallied 100 tackles, 10 and a half tackles for losses, four and a half sacks, and three forced fumbles. Houston decides to hit the transfer portal, obtaining his degree from Florida last winter. He eventually landed at Jackson State, and he was just what the doctor ordered. Listed as six foot one, two hundred and twenty-five pound linebacker, Houston wrecked havoc at JSU from start to finish. After recording one sack, in the Orange Blossom Classic against FAMU. He had 10 tackles and four and a half sacks against Tennessee State in week two. He had four multi-sack games, including the Celebration Bowl and recorded sacks in 10 of JSU's 13 games. Houston's total of 16 and a half sacks per game finished second in the nation and the swag. He also forced seven fumbles and recovered two fumbles against Alabama A&M in a blowout win. James Houston received numerous All-American honors and has been selected to play in both the NFLPA Bowl and the East-West Trying Game. His head coach, Deion Sanders, recently compared him to Micah Parsons of the Dallas Cowboys. Parsons is a freak, man, Sanders told Rich Eisen. He is a darn freak, man. We have a kid who plays defensive end that was an inside linebacker that we moved to defensive end. He was all swag, all FCS. James Houston came to us from the University of Florida. 
So James Houston looked like he is taking his talents to the NFL. about a five-star running back, five-star running back Richard Young ready to visit Florida A&M? That's right. Five-star running back Richard Young ready to visit Florida A&M. Florida A&M has hosted top prospects on visits before, and that trend will continue in 2022. Richard Young, the top-rated running back in the 2023 high school class, will take a visit to FAMU. Young told 24-7 Sports he would be visiting Tallahassee's HBCU soon. People really don't know this, but me and head coach Willie Simmons have been building a relationship for a while now. I have been texting him back and forth and talking to him on the phone. I haven't really told anyone this before, but I'm definitely going to visit Florida A&M, Young told 24-7 Sports. Young is the 16th ranked player overall in his class according to 24-7 composite rankings with a near-perfect ranking of .9915 out of 1.000. He averaged a nine, he averaged nine yards per carry for 1,755 yards and 19 touchdowns on the ground in 10 games. All the Blue Bloods are after him, including a Penn State staff whose top recruiter is former Rattler in Juwan Sider. This summer, we noted how Florida a and was helping itself in recruiting with facility upgrades. But even before that, Simmons and his staff managed to get Kayvon Thibodeau, the top recruit in the 2019 class, over to see the campus. He eventually chose Oregon and is on his way to becoming possibly the top pick in the upcoming NFL draft. While Thibodeau visits didn't result in groundbreaking change, Deion Sanders and company picking up Travis Hunter definitely caught Young's attention. He is building his own legacy wherever he goes. I'm not going, I'm not going to, to lie. I thought he was going to stay with FSU. But when he saw he could get coached by one of the best corners ever, he did it. That shocked me, and I told myself that I got to keep my options. I just want to look into Florida Ania and see what it's like. So could there be another Power 5 player coming to an HBCU school? That would be a sight to see. Well, let's look at a little bit of basketball news before we bring this train into the station. The MEAC basketball sizing up the teams and the players. Defending MEAC champion Norfolk State is off to a 9-4 start, 6-4 versus Division I competition as the league heads for a not-so-certain conference schedule.
heading into the new year, 2022, in conference play for me in, in MEAC basketball, one thing is certain, nothing. COVID-19 pandemic has raised its ugly head again. How and whether the teams will get through this most recent spike is anyone's guess. That's all it would be. MEAC basketball, a troubling sign. Over the past week, all seven scheduled games involving MEAC teams have either been postponed or canceled. Half of the teams in the league have either had games canceled or have suspended all activities. In some cases, it involves both men's and women's teams. Following CDC and institution protocol, these teams and accompanying personnel are in quarantine. Activities will resume only when they are clear. Two of five games involving MEAC teams scheduled for this Wednesday, January 29, will not be played. Coppin State at Indiana State canceled. Morgan State at Kansas State postponed. Howard's date at Hampton on Thursday, December 30th, has also been canceled. MEAC basketball, not the only sport being hit. Same realities are being faced by other college and professional teams and leagues. Brace yourself for what comes next. It could be a return to gyms without fans if or when play resumes at all. While we wait, let's at least see how the eight MEAC men's teams have done so far. We'll preview the re- we'll preview and review them based on their standings. Conference play is scheduled to begin in earnest in the second week of January, 1-8-22. Norfolk State, 9-4. Having a winning record, 9-4 headed into the new year, is a rarity in the MEAC. Robert Jones' defending MEAC basketball champion Spartans have done it. Three wins have been over non-NCAA Division I programs, but the Spartans have also been an impressive 6-4 versus Division I competition, 3-1 against HBCU Division I comp. The Spartans' leader has been 6-1 senior guard Joe Bryant Jr. The Norfolk, Virginia native is perhaps the best returning player in the league. Bryant is averaging a team-leading 14.2 points per game while, average, while shooting a dead-eye .944, 51-54 from the line. The aggressive 220-pounder gets to the line often. Transfers Chris Bankston, 6-9, forward from Arc. Saw Little Rock and Christian Ings, 6'2 guard from Ryder, have stepped in the key spots. Ings, 10.5 points per game, has joined Bryant to form a lethal combo guard tandem in the backcourt. Bankston, 11.2 points per game, team best 6.8 rebounds per game, leads the league in field goal percentage, 0.753. He has provided a presence in the front court with 10 blocks. Key contributors off the bench. Of 6'7 transfer from Sienna forward Dana Tate Jr. and with 9.7 points per game and last year's postseason hero Jalen Hawkins, 8.9 points per game. The Spartans lead the MEAC, giving up just 63.5 points per game. Howard is coming in at 6'6. Six six. Head coach Kenny Blankney has definitely assembled a talented squad at Howard. Howard appears primed to challenge for league honors in just his second full season on the job. It leads the league in scoring 79.6 points per game. Howard is also the top shooting team 
from the field, 0.477, the line, 0.728, and behind the arc, 0.391. senior, sharpshooting swingman, Kyle Foster, plays off the bench but leads the Spartan, leads the Bison in scoring 14.7 points per game. He also tops the league in three-point shooting, 0.512, and threes made, 2.9 per game while canning over 50% of his shots from the field, 0.504. Four of the starters have also excelled, 6'10". Redshirt sophomore Steve Settle is also a sniper, scoring 13.6 points per game on 0.549 shooting from the floor and 0.462 from behind the arc. Talented, versatile 5'11 freshman point guard Elijah Hawkins scores 12.6 points and leads the league handing out 6.7 assists per game. And that's just a little bit of basketball action to give you from what's going on in the MEAC. So what I'm going to do now is I am going to go ahead and bring this train into a halt. I have enjoyed this session. I've enjoyed bringing it to you. Hope you have enjoyed the guest I've had on, Rick Thomas, as always, from Bring the Table, and Santia Soul, who will be, be performing here in Wichita at the White Building. So get out and check her out. You will miss a treat if you don't. But until the next time, Take care of yourself and each other and have a blessed new year.